Welcome to the Jersey Boys. Joey Babes, we're back. We're back. The Jersey Boys are back. The Jersey Boys. The Jersey the Boys Jersey are back. Boys. Now listen, we've the been Jersey away boys. for for a significant reason. I don't yeah. want anybody thinking that we yeah. just fell off the face of the earth because we're lazy. There wasn't a, a split between the Jersey we Boys. We didn't break up. We can't blame it on the bean. No. <laughs> we broke up because of the bean. You can't blame anything on the bean no. if you really think about no. it. Or the president. You, you know, we can't. No. Okay. No. The or the VP. Johnny VP? Yeah, we can't blame him. No, no, these no. guys don't get blamed. If anything, no. right, it's life. So, life. so we're gonna get into that today, right? Like, yes. like why we had our hiatus. So, yeah. So, thank you for welcoming uh, welcoming us back into your lives, yeah. into your living rooms, your cell phones, your cars, yeah. whatever it is, your Sony Walkmans. However, you're listening to us, right? <laughs> Sony Walkman. <laughs> you never know. But seriously, uh, right? So we're glad to be back, guys. Don't forget. And you to are check. younger than me, so you know I know about Sony Walkman. Of course, you, but you do. knew about them too. But I'm not talking like, about wow. an eight-track player yet, right? We'll we'll get eight to that tracks. with you. I got plenty of my eight-tracks, right? Yeah. Boombox yeah. on the shoulder. I did. Yeah. So I guys, don't be afraid to check us out on thejerseyboys.com. That's D A the thejerseyboys.com. The Jersey Boys. Um, Podbean, uh, iTunes. Which Bean iTunes is really now. Apple Podcast. So that's Apple really podcasts? what it is. Yeah. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Google Play. Name it, right? Spotify. Podbean, Spotify, YouTube. So we're getting YouTube, our YouTube channel yeah. going. YouTube's so huge. come huge. check us out, guys. Huge. So let's jump right in, Joe. Let's let's not let's not wait on this. So guys, uh last time we we did a show, did a, a podcast, it was in June or July? It was July. July. Third, July third was the last one we recorded, and it was released on the thirteenth. Okay, so July third was the last one. There's a reason we were not with you guys, and that's what we're going to talk about. So let's just jump right into it, Joe. So, Joe, what I want to do is I want to give them the dates of the occurrences, and then we'll walk through what happened. So I know that you left for business on July sixth. So you left for business. You went to Atlanta. You got there to work on a show, and um, you were you were actually looking to try to come home early, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... We were on the way to Glass Build mm-hmm. America yep. 2022, which was going to be in Atlanta, September 13th through the 15th, uh, 2021. Road to Glass Build, it was called. So what we were going to do, the company I was working with at the time, Glazer Nation, we were going to be doing a tour all around the United States, starting in Douglas, Georgia, which is four hours south of Atlanta. Start there where Matt Day and uh, David Schwederman, uh, these two guys, uh, partners in this business, Glazer Nation, uh, we were going to be going around the country just introducing this new platform, the social media platform uh, for all glazers, uh, which is glass. Glass, that's what glazing is. This glazing is where I'm going yeah. to reel them in. Okay. Because okay? I just said to them, oh I said, God. weren't you going to come home early? And now all of a sudden I'm all getting... Right. All right, all right, all right. I'm getting... Typical Sorry, folks. I, I just like I silver like to details. He's Joey. like, and there was a red bird, and it was on the corner. It but was who was worse than me? A... Who was worse than me, Marianne? Oh, Marianne. Mar- Marianne. Yeah, she, she, she rubbed was... off on you after many, yeah, many after. years of being together. Uh, yeah, so, no yes, doubt. yes. I was going on a <laughs> business trip on July 6th, leaving, coming back on July 20th for a two-week 
because I was going to be away for two weeks. Yes. And then once that two weeks was done, I was going to be on the road for the remainder of those two months up until glass build. So you were supposed to be back yeah. on July 20th, but yeah. weren't you trying to come back earlier or you were, you were planning I was, on it? Yeah, because what happened was when I got down to Georgia, uh, the guys, David Schwederman and Matt Day, they were waiting for some camera equipment that was delayed and we were going to do kind of like what we're doing now going around and doing podcast and doing some like a, almost like a reality show on our trip so this equipment was delayed and we had the campers we were ready to go i had to sleep in a, the camper for the first few days and that was going to be my home for the next two months anyway but the equipment was not there and then david had gotten covid so that really delayed things so I left the camper, went to a hotel, and I was locked up in my hotel. And he didn't want to come home because you were no, afraid, No, right? yeah, and I actually spoke to Marianne. I said, listen, you know, we're not going to be doing anything. I said, I feel fine. Let me come home, you know, and I'll come home early and uh, let this thing pass, and then I'll get back on the road once everything passes. And uh, that was my plan. But she, unbeknownst to me, her and Joey were working on my home office, they were redoing my entire home office. They were painting it, new shelves, completely revamping my office. And Joey had built me a new computer and everything. So she was like, well, don't come home yet because <laughs> it would ruin the surprise. So she really wanted to surprise me. But having potentially having COVID was her excuse. Well, you don't want to come home. You don't want to get anybody sick. Um, I felt fine. So instead, I went up to Atlanta to visit Holly. Right. And I spent a couple of days with her before coming home on my scheduled date, which, which was, was July 20th. All right, so you were scheduled to come home July on July 20th. 20th. 6 a.m. in the morning to fly home. So but. I left on the 6th, came home on the 20th. But right. you, got a, you got a call on the 19th. Yeah, that, uh, you know, every day, Marianne and I always spoke. Anytime I'd go on a business trip, she and I always spoke. Um, she'd always would write a nice letter to me and, and put it in my suitcase or my briefcase, and it you know, never failed. I would open up that briefcase or suitcase when I got to the hotel, and there was this beautiful handwritten note, um, you know, really like a love letter, just telling uh, me how happy she was and how proud she was to be, you know, uh, my wife and how, how happy and, and uh, blessed she was to have three children and, and all these really beautiful things. So she always did that. And um, I would always receive that from her. And always talk to her every single day. So this particular day, July 19th, um, again, scheduled to come home the next day. I, I, I called her up on the 19th. We spoke for a few minutes in the, on the phone for about 20 minutes, uh, 9 a.m. in the morning. Um, and I went about my day to do my thing. I actually thought about flying home early, even on the 19th. But I looked at flights. Yeah, you said they were crazy. it was crazy. So I'm like, all right, I'll just wait till tomorrow. And I even said, I said, listen, I'm going to try to come home today. She goes, don't worry about it. You know, just come home tomorrow. Because they were still working on the, on the office. Right. So um, a colleague of mine uh, drove me down to Valdasta, Georgia, about 45 minutes south of Douglas, in this little airport uh, in Valdasta. I was going to fly from Valdasta to Atlanta back home the next morning at 6 a.m. So he and I, his name is uh, Greg, we had dinner uh, that night, and he got me to the hotel about 730 um, I checked some emails. I, I did call Marianne. She didn't pick up. And I figured, all right, she's probably busy. She'll call me. What time was that? That was about uh, 8 o'clock. At night? 8, 8, okay. 8, 8, 15 maybe. 
And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to get to bed early because I'm really concerned about getting to the airport. My flight's at 6 a.m. They don't have a shuttle service that early. So Uber, Lyft, all that stuff is very, you know, spotty. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to bed early, get up early. And this way, if there's any problems, I'm not stressed as far as getting to the airport. So about 9 p.m., I, I, I put the lights off. And literally five minutes later, the phone rang, my cell phone. It was Holly. And Holly was on uh, doing a three-way call with Joey and Ashley. And um, they, I can tell they were, they were in a panic. And I said, what's going on? They said, Mommy, you know, she, she fainted. The paramedics are here. So um, I said, well, put the, the paramedic on the phone. And it was this woman paramedic, and she got on the phone with me. She says, Mr. Silva, uh, your wife uh, has, has passed out. Uh, we're going to do all we can to, to revive her and save her. I'm like, what? I mean, I got hit with that. Like, what That's do you mean, crazy. save her? We think she may have had a stroke, and it was just crazy. So um, I'm in this hotel stuck in Georgia, in Valdasta, Georgia. It's Now it's like 930 at night. I have no way of getting home. This airport is already closed. So even if I was able to get to Jacksonville, Florida, which is about two hours south, or drive four hours north to Atlanta, by the time I would get to an airport, there's no flights going out. So right. my best option is what I have already scheduled the next morning at 6 a.m. So here I am. I'm speaking to my kids. I'm on the phone with them. My, my brother-in-law, Les, and my brother, John, they arrive at the house, and I'm you know communicating with them. They're kind of updating me. They worked on Marianne in the driveway in the, in the ambulance for about 20 minutes before they even took her down to St. Joe's. Um, Did you know, she pass out outside or inside? Inside the house. Okay. So what happened was she... She was doing some yard work with Joey and, you know, weeding and working on the office and getting all it's these July. It's yeah, it's hot. July, getting all these last minute things done. And it was, you know, 730, something like that, eight o'clock, something in that area. And uh, maybe even 830. I'm not even sure now. But uh, she came in the house and said that she had a really, really bad headache and she felt like her head was going to go blow up. And uh so she sat down, um, you know, on the couch in the other room. She even came in this room and sat down. And Joey said, Mom, I think you're having a, an aneurysm. And she goes, no, 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 no. So Joey actually diagnosed her based on how she was reacting and her symptoms. symptoms. So <clears throat> she went upstairs and Joey, you know, walked in and she was laying face down on our bed. And again, still in a lot of pain. Joey came back downstairs. Ashley was, was here as well, you know, talking to Holly and updating her on what was going on. And um, then Marianne came out of the room, and Joey was walking up the stairs. And as she came out of the room, she just collapsed. And that was it. And then, they, you know, they so called. she was upstairs. Yeah, she was upstairs so I, up in the hallway. And then they called 911, and um, that's it. So, and then, you know, I, of course, was up all night because I had no way of getting here, and my best option, again, was to fly the next morning. So, What was that like? You're away. You're in a hotel. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Like, Well, kicking myself, too, because, remember, I wanted to come home. Right. I wanted to come home. Um, and there's a lot of things. I mean, <laughs> we can go into a lot of deep things, and we probably can't do that, you know, on this, <laughs> this first episode as far as, you know, all the... The questions of, you know, why did it happen? What could have been done to prevent it? You know, what were the signs? I mean, I found out even 
you know, several weeks later from one of the kids that uh, I think it was Joey had mentioned to me that her um, leading up to that a few days before she burst a blood vessel in her eye. So was oh, that yeah. a precursor to this whole thing? You know, right. was that like an indication? And if I would have been home, like, would I have recognized that? Would I have said, wait a minute, why, why did that happen? You need to go get that checked out. So being away, yeah, I mean, and just going through it and just, I've, I've played it over and over again in my head a million times. And there's a lot of things that had led up to that, you know, and again, you know, you got to keep me, you got to rein me in here because I can go down well, let's, let's a lot talk of about, rabbit holes here with let's this. Let's talk about how you got home. So you, yeah. like, that's why I'm saying how you felt, right? Because now you're waiting at night. Yeah. What time is your flight? My flight's at 6 a.m. And you're going from Valdasta to, to Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta to Newark. I was going to land about 11 in the morning. But you said something before about Holly, right? Where well, yeah, because I was with Holly that weekend. Yeah. I wanted to fly home on Friday. And, I, and Marianne, because she wasn't ready with the office, she goes, no, no, why don't you go see Holly? So that Saturday morning, which was, I think, July 12th, I drove up. I'm sorry, not 12th. That would have been the 16th. I drove up to um, Atlanta. Right. And I spent that weekend with Holly and her friends. Um, and uh, that's where Holly was staying with her, her dear friends that live there uh, just outside of Atlanta. And I hung out with them for that weekend. and um, So she was in Atlanta. Yeah, she was in Atlanta. That's so, where she was you know, working and, 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 and living. So How did Marianne, that work with the connection coming home then? Well, what happened was, you know, when this all went down, um, you know, Joanna Les and John and Michelle, my sister-in-law and, and, and my brother and brother-in-law Les and my sister Joanne, they were all communicating, obviously. And my mom had purchased a ticket for Holly to be on the same flight that I would be on connecting through Atlanta. So how crazy is yeah, that? Yeah, so they got that done right away. So during the night, they they worked that all out. And um so when I left at 6 a.m. and I remember like it was yesterday, you know, I, I was up all night and I remember going and, and I, I did the uh the Uber and there was an Uber that showed up, a driver, and I remember driving uh to the airport and then getting on that flight and uh, getting to Atlanta and then meeting Holly at the gate Ugh. for the connection. And they, um, you know, we were in d- two different rows, but when I went to the to the agent, I told her, I explained what was going on. They, they bumped us both up to first class. Holly was already in first class, but they put us together in the same row and everything it was same, you know, right next to each other. So wow. unfortunately for Holly, it was her first time ever flying first class. And under those circumstances, she couldn't really enjoy it. But um, yeah, they treated us well, got us home. Nice. And then uh, Joanna Les picked us up at the airport and we went straight to the hospital, straight to the hospital from the airport. You know what time it was roughly? Uh, I want to say about 1130 maybe. Okay. Yeah. What hospital? St. Joe's and Patterson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we went right, right to St. Joe's, and I remember walking when, when Les pulled up in front of the hospital. The first person to greet me was Steve Hawthorne, our pastor from uh, Emergence, wow. one of our pastors. And um, this was going to be the first time that I was going to see Marianne, other than seeing her on FaceTime. They did FaceTime me from the hospital, from okay. the emergency room, so I got to see her um, on, 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 on the phone, but this was now the first time walking into the room, and it was just, you know, my heart just, you know, uh, 
sank, you know, when, when, when I saw her and, um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, she had the tube, you know, down her, her throat, you know, hooked up with, you know, all these different, you know, wires and stuff like that, lines. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult and still very hard to believe, you know, even right now. So, all right, so you get there and it's now, now it's July 20th. Yeah, it's July 20th. Right? That's the day I was scheduled to come home and um, not at all what I was looking forward to seeing. My wife, you know, um, fighting for her life in a hospital bed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leading up to that two weeks while I was away because of all the delays I was spending a lot of time getting up and, and walking early in the morning, spending a lot of time with God, praying, yeah. just asking God for direction in my life. You know, where do you have me going from this point? You know, as you know, many of people people know out there that um, I had lost my job back in 2017, lost my dad. Um, a lot of challenges. You know, I turned 50 back in 2017, trying to reinvent myself at that point. And just really trying to, you know, deal with things and struggling. And and Marianne was always there, always by my side. I mean, you know, God really gave me the the greatest uh, treasure I could ever imagine. So I'm always there to support me. And um, when I was away on this trip, I just really started realizing, not that I didn't realize in the past, but when with all the stuff that I had been through, from 2017 up until that point, just realizing that, you know, I really am blessed with an unbelievably beautiful, godly wife and mother to our kids. And I, you know, I would get up in the morning going out for these walks and just praising God and thanking Him and, you know, asking Him for some direction. And He was revealing a lot of things to me about where I should be going and what I should be preparing for. And little did I know that one of the things that He was preparing me for was what was going to happen. Um, you know, in a few days. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I remember the verses and, and, and the things that he was speaking to me, you know, uh, about um, and just revealing to me that you got to get yourself ready. You got to get yourself prepared. And I was thinking, yeah, I got to get myself prepared to be a better husband, to be a better, you know, uh, a father. All these different things were going through my head, but not at all thinking that I had to be the strongest husband and, and leader of my family because of the circumstances that I was just about ready to now experience for the first time that day on the 20th. And uh, sure enough, I mean, it was 19 days that she was there in the hospital. Well, let's, let's, let's go almost day by day, if we could, not necessarily each individual mm-hmm. day, because I yeah. was there. Yep. So I remember what that was like, and I really want you to share with the listeners what that experience was like in that hospital, in that waiting room, and just just what you experienced. The yeah. people that came, how many people came, the fact that they let yeah. so many people. Yeah, and it was there, it was during right? like, you know, if it would have happened two weeks later, the whole COVID wave hit again. Yep, right. So we were like in this this period of time where they were starting to allow people to come back into the hospital. Where you know you can have you know more than one person. Um, if it was like at the height of COVID, oh. as you know, because when you were in the hospital with COVID, even Lori couldn't even come in to see you. No. So if it would have been like at a point like that, I would have been home, getting all these updates, oh. and that would have been crazy. But instead, you know, were there any blessings? You know, yeah. 
and there's more blessings to come that we'll see as, as time goes on, but looking back now, one of the blessings was that, yeah, we had 19 days to pretty much where that hospital belonged to us. Yeah. I mean, we took over the the waiting room. We had 30, 40 people sometimes. We were having food brought in. Hmm. We were able to encourage and, and witness uh, to other families that, that were there because it's the ICU and there's so many people who were dealing with tragedy and people were dying like I was every say, day. Yeah, can you recall some of them? Yeah, I, I mean, there, there was one young guy who was 19 years old. He was he was hit or he was driving, I think, in Montclair and, and I think a van was, was pulling into a, a driveway and he hit into the side of the van, you know, hit his head and um, he only lasted maybe three or four days. Yeah. We saw his family come in and, you know, and we were, you know, praying with them and um, I remember coming in uh, one day and we were all sitting there in the in the waiting room and I remember them coming out crying and they had just gotten the news you know um, that he had passed uh, there was another uh, an older guy who uh, was painting or doing something on a ladder and his wife said don't go up there and and he fell off the ladder hit his head he lasted about a week oh and gosh. he passed away but there was a lot of sadness and there's a lot of you know we got to because of everybody who was there to support Marianne and the family, we also had the opportunity to to help encourage and support other families as well, and 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 point Christ, you know, point them in the direction of Christ. Yeah. So that was really an encouragement to know that we had, you know, 19 days where we were able to spend time with other families, even though we were going through the darkest time of our lives. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, the nurse. Wasn't there one or two well, there really was, special nurses there? Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, a few different people that uh, really, um, you know, the Lord planted people there. There was Shirley, who was one of the the nurse nurses or aides, um, who her husband actually had passed away in March yes. of that year. So she was there as a comfort, and she really helped encourage us, and she prayed for us, over us. She prayed with, with Marianne, um, you know, holding Marianne's hand and praying for Marianne. There was, there was um, Maria, who was this um, older um, Spanish woman who uh, would come in early in the morning. I, I believe she was an angel, honestly. I really do. And she was, I you know, agree. she'd come in and, and clean, and she was always praying for us. And, um, you know, just, just so many, so many people, um, uh, Anna, uh, um, you know, was one that comes to mind. They, they were like, uh, in the patient care, uh, um, who else right now? My mind is slipping, wow. but so, but so, those, I, I remember specifically Nelsa, 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 yep. yep. Um, I remember yeah. that Maria. Everybody, yeah, Maria, little about Maria, how incredible she was, man. So you said something before, and it just kind of made me think of a question for you about um, she would she would pray, and, and and you mentioned Marianne's hand. So you know when you have a brain aneurysm, you hear from the doctors, and the doctors come in with their yeah. doom and gloom. Um, but we don't we don't believe in full doom and gloom, right? No. We we always trust in the Lord that His will is is perfect, His ways are perfect. Um, and so we were always, always believing for healing, right? Yep. And, and whatever his, and trusting his will, whatever that was. Um, 
what what did you experience in the beginning days with Marianne, where they were telling you there's no hope, yeah, right? But what did you experience in, in that time, in the beginning? Well, in the very beginning, the first day, um, the doctor, they were going to do a procedure on her, and they did, and they were very confident. They said, oh, she's young. You know, she's only 52 and a half, almost 53, but she's young. I mean, she's in good shape, good health. So, um, you know, we're going to do this procedure, and it, it seemed to be very optimistic. They mm-hmm. were like, they seemed positive. So that was an encouragement. And then um, the next day after this procedure, she was supposed to call me early in the morning, like 7 a.m., the doctor, and she didn't call me. And now I'm getting concerned. Why didn't she call me? You know, I'm not hearing anything. What's going on? And come to find out that she couldn't do the procedure completely because of something. And then, you know, we spoke to her later on that day, and it seemed to go from, like, things are going to be okay to maybe it's not as good as we thought initially. You know, on a scale from one to five, five being the worst as far as her aneurysm, Mm -hmm. hers was a four and a half. We found that out after that. And it was because of its location, It's because of its location. You know, it was in the back of her head, Mm. not like on the top of her head or towards the front of her, you know, forehead. Um, And from what I understand, you know... Where it's located makes a big difference because I had so many people who meant very, they meant well. They would call me or text me and say, you know, my cousin or my aunt or somebody had an aneurysm and, you know, they went through some really difficult times, but now they're okay. 20 years later, they're still here. A lot of it had to do with where where it was located. Hers was like in like the worst spot it could be. And when, when it happened that night, the damage was already done. Right. It's like... If you were to take paint and splatter it over a rug, a white rug, yeah, you can clean it up, but the damage is already done. The chances of you getting that paint out of that white rug. So even that much blood, when when that vessel burst, it was enough blood to cause damage you know, in her brain, which would affect her cardiovascular system and everything. All right, so they... They do the procedure, but it yeah. doesn't go exactly the way we want it to go. I remember it yeah. clearly as well. Um, that being said, every message from them was, "Listen, prepare for the worst." And what yeah. we did was, we said, "We're gonna, we're gonna pray yeah. for the best." Yeah. Now, when you were in that room, you're holding her hand. Did you get any responses from Marianne? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, and that's why. I didn't really, I I respected what they had to say. And listen, they have to be very careful. They can't come across like they're too optimistic because if things don't go right, you always are going to remember, you said, Hmm. you did this, you said that this was going to happen. So they're very guarded, even the nurses to some degree, about how they give you information. They they encourage you. They say, yeah, pray, and we, we encourage that. But... I was noticing some positive things. Like I, I, I would notice some positive things, and I felt like I do respect what they have to say, but God can heal her. And with the type of reactions we were getting from all over the world, people calling and texting and sending messages and just being encouraged and the amount of prayer and just knowing this is Marianne. Marianne had such, such favor 
Right. She was, you know, we would joke around, like, you know, Marianne would walk outside and, and the birds would fly around <laughs> like like Snow White, right? I mean, she was just like Marianne. Marianne. You know, Marianne. it was just this this special, special woman who, you know, she just had the favor of God. And and we need more people like her in this world. So I'm like, there's no way God is not gonna heal her. She is gonna be healed. And what a story. This is going to be such an amazing story that we're going to be able to share with so many people. So people were praying and people were coming. Like, as I said, you know, we talked about that that hospital waiting room. I mean, it became like a, a prayer chapel, like a worship, you know, like a church service almost. We were, you know, mm. singing and praying and just um, bringing in food and just having a, a great time of fellowship, even though we were dealing with the unknown and a stressful time looking back on it now. And this is crazy to say, but it was like one of the most blessed times of my life just to see family and friends just being there to support us. And then being able to minister and help other families. It was like, it was like truly like the body of, 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 of the Lord just there. You know, we were the hands and feet, you know, of Jesus and and we were there, you know, this this body of believers there to yes support our family, and support Marianne, but to support other people, and you know with the the prayer uh, vigils and you know outside her window we did that two oh. or three times and you know people in the in in the hospital were noticing it you know right. they were following it and so many people were like tuning in to see what was going on. How is this family reacting to this situation? How is how's Marianne doing today? You know, did she make a recovery? And I, I think people really were believing based on what they were hearing and seeing that she was going to be healed. Well, so I, I would say yes to that because we were one of them, right? So I, uh, I was in the yard. It probably was about maybe my guess, Joe. It's probably about a week in today, mm-hmm. so totally guessing on the day. Maybe the 27th. I'm in the backyard and I'm thinning out the trees in the back. I'm underneath getting all the dead branches out. And and I'm praying, right? And I got my headphones on and, and I'm just listening to worship music. And I'm praying for the entire situation. And as I'm pruning, I'm hearing the Lord speak to me. And he said, I'm, I'm just pruning. She's going to be fine. I'm pruning. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard him say to me. It couldn't have been two minutes later. Lori comes running out of the back of the house towards me, and she tells me about what had just occurred at the hospital. Um, I don't want to say it. I want you to say it. And there was basically a direct response to a question that you had mm-hmm. asked. And so, I mean, I fell to my knees. I started crying. And, you know, I rushed inside the house, took my shower, and said, come on, let's go. Right? Like that, we're, we just, let's get right to the hospital mm-hmm. right now. So um, there was a response. I believe you had asked Marianne a question mm-hmm. about whether or not she either heard you or felt you. Yeah. So tell me exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, obviously every day I was talking to Marianne and praying with her and, and, you know, doing all I could to try to stimulate her body, you know, rubbing her arms, her legs, uh, kissing her, you know, on the forehead and just, you know, speaking into her, her, into her ears just to let her know that we were there. And I believe she did hear every word that we said. But I agree. Yeah, I said, you know, Marianne, you know, move move your toes, you know, and um, wiggle your toes. And with that 
direction and in, in, in that request, she did it. Right. And, you know, it wasn't just in my my opinion and from what I believe 100 percent, it wasn't just like she just had a reflex and she just like, you know, jerked her, her, her toe. I said, move your right toes, you know, moving on your right foot. And she she would respond and she did respond on command. It wasn't just like we're sitting there and she just moved her like like a jerky, you know, like you get like a twitch in your arm. Now, she right. did that, too. Don't get me wrong. There were some twitches every now and again. But she did it. And people witnessed it. We have it on camera. And I even remember Joe Pellegrino being there and, and him speaking to her and, and asking. Yeah, and he and got she, a response, right? Yeah, and she, and yeah. exactly. Um, so there was a lot of positive things that came out of it, yeah. you know, as far as like these, you know, Asking her to do something and she did it. So I believe, I'm like, wow, I don't care what the doctors say. Again, I'm not being disrespectful to them, but, you know. Yeah, and I remember clearly, you're, you, you really handled it incredibly well where you, you said to them, I respect you. Yeah. I respect you. However, right. I'm trusting yeah. in more. And I remember you doing oh, that yeah. well. I mean, it so. was, and I'll, I'll be honest, it, it was hard sometimes because they do this all the time. And, Mm. You know, I I can get it where they have to be very professional and they can't show too much emotion. But sometimes they forget because they deal with it day in and day out that we don't deal with it day in and day out. You know, this right. is our this is our first time going through something like this. Hopefully, the last time. So it's very different for us. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. So listen, I think we're at the point where we would have to end this episode. Yeah. Which what better? spot in the story than Marianne responding yeah. to a direct response. So um, we have a lot more. <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about, yep. a lot more to tell about the Marianne story. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we'll do that on the next episode. So like we always do, we're going to end the show, Joe. I'm Ronnie A. Enjoy the rash. I'm out. Ciao.